you know, people ask me, did you think you were gonna die? And I'm like, no, mm -hmm. like why would I have thought I was gonna die? And I think that kind of innocence uh, just allowed me to really trust that like God mm -hmm. knew what he was doing with it. And As you look back over all of that, um, how, how different is your faith and your belief in Jesus, your understanding of him, uh, different than it might have been. I know it's hard to speculate this, yeah. but it might have been had you not experienced the kind of life that you've experienced. It's not that I didn't see what was going on with you guys. Like I definitely saw like the struggles that you guys were having with it and how hard you took all that. Um, but I think that you also both just had like a good like strength through it, um, a consistent faith, and so therefore it kind of didn't. You know, trips to go to the hospital to get my chemo were really fun. You mm. know, like mm. we made a day of it and laughed a lot. Hey everybody, I want to welcome you to the Before You Quit podcast where we want to bring courage and perspective when serving gets hard. And man, does it get hard sometimes, whether you're in ministry or not in ministry. That just comes with living in this world, when you belong to another world and you're committed to Jesus, you're devoted to the gospel, uh, you're going to face some stuff. And that's a lot of what this podcast is about, is uh, not to avoid that or to look for ways around it, but to have courage and perspective because serving does get hard. Uh, my name is Mitch Schultz. I'm your host. I'm also the director of a ministry called Fruitful Vine Ministry. Okay, in this podcast, I'm going to be doing something a little risky. I'm going to be sitting down with my son, Brett to talk about what it was like for him growing up in a pastor's home. Uh, again, pretty risky venture. You have no idea what to expect when you have a conversation like that. But also, um, we're going to have that discussion around his struggle uh, with cancer and also growing up in a home where two other members of his family uh, are, are suffered with cancer. Uh, those of you who know our story know that we have three children. My wife and Elaine and I, Elaine and I have three children. My daughter Brianna lives just seven or eight miles from us here in Tacoa, Georgia, on the foothills of the Smoky Mountains. And we see her a lot, and we also have the privilege of watching our granddaughter, two years old, Nora Michelle. And we see her a couple times a week. She spends the night here once or twice a week as well. That is just the funnest thing in the world. Uh, Brianna's married to Michael. This year he's a pretty excited guy because he supports the Philadelphia Eagles, and they're, they're finally doing good. Our oldest son, Travis, uh, struggled with cancer, but lost that battle just shy of his 13th birthday. This was back in 1999. And then our youngest son, Brad, who was also around that same age, was diagnosed with cancer, um, again, right around uh, 12, 13 years old. And I felt it would be good uh, and important to talk together, to sit down with them and talk about what it was like to grow up in a home of a pastor uh, while struggling through, you know, just a number of difficult things. And what we hope to do is we hope that our story will be an encouragement to any family fighting sickness, fighting illnesses, loss, or just fighting the normal day-to-day -day challenges that come with, with life. Brett is 24 years old. He currently works as a writer and producer for Student Life Ministry, uh, located in Birmingham, Alabama. Student Life is an awesome ministry that provides live student camp experiences and through their programming serves the church in its mission of making disciples. It was really good to sit down with Brett and take more time than we normally ever do to talk about growing up 
in a pastor's home and how suffering and loss shaped an, an indelible and unshakable call to serve Jesus. And uh, I love that you can sit in on that conversation through this podcast. So let's go and join that now. Okay, Brett, I appreciate you being willing to participate with this little conversation that we're going to have here. Thanks. Uh, Mom and I have been with you for a couple days here in Birmingham. Describe where we are right now. Uh, We're in my apartment in an area called Five Points in Birmingham. Uh, It's really great. I can ride my bike around, ride downtown. Do you know what the Five Points are? um, It's point one, stay safe, point two... No, I don't know. <laughs> I was bracing myself for something really might, profound It's like here. a star or something. Okay. That's like where we lived in Wisconsin. There were five corners because there were five roads five that came together in a corner. Yeah. But I was expecting something that's, like that. That's what it is. Okay. That's definitely what it is. So we're in your studio apartment here. And uh, I think as we talked about this yesterday. We You moved here in March. Well, I moved to Birmingham in January of last year, but I moved into this apartment in March of this year, mm-hmm. and you guys helped me paint a lot. And it's so, a studio apartment. Yep, there's one and room. And it's small. Yep, pretty small. Mom and I noticed we've never been invited to stay here with you. Well, there's a obvious, couch and the floor. For obvious reasons. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you've been you've been working, you graduate from Liberty, and you've been in this job. And we, we talk, kind of, we walk in and out of conversations, and talk a lot about you know what you're doing how much you love it um so how's it going i mean what do you what do you love about what you're doing and what are some of the highlights and- yeah it's good um for our listening audience i am a creative producer do they know what i do i don't know no nobody knows do I need anything to explain about what you. i do this is <laughs> they this know is. i exist <laughs> okay thanks uh, I'm a creative producer. I think my two listeners know probably know who you are. No, half of my listeners know who you are. The other half don't. Okay. So we'll check with both of them later. All right. Well, my name is Brett. Um, I'm a creative producer at a company called Student Life. We do uh, Christian camps all over the country during the summers that churches will bring their student ministries to. Um, and I write uh, plays and videos and uh, spoken words, and I direct actors that work for us during the summer. So I get to use my... Uh, passion for student ministry alongside my passion for uh, live theater and storytelling and it's uh, it's a good match for me when you were it's interesting we talk about how when you were four years old you loved to act you lo- you had this creative uh, edge to you so it's pretty predictable that you would end up end up doing this yeah you remember what my first play was I don't it Cinderella was, no what was it it was Goldilocks and the three bears and I played the big bowl. Ah, yes. Which meant I walked across stage carrying a cardboard cutout of a big bowl. I had no lines. Are you serious? But look at me now. Yeah, what, what, did you expect more than that at that? Yeah, I wanted to play Baby Bear. What happened? I wasn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a good audition. So that was a good lesson for you, wasn't it? Yeah, it really taught me a lot I mean, about humility. Determination, yeah, perseverance. I didn't prepare, yeah. so. Yeah, that's a, the worst thing a four-year-old could go through, I imagine, huh? being rejected. It was, it was and, tough. Imagine what your life could have been like, huh? Yeah, shambles. Okay, well, part of what I we talked together about, you know, what to do in this podcast, and one of the themes that I'm I'm considering with this particular one, with you being my son, but also growing up in 
a pastor's home. I want to touch on, on some of that, but I, I think it would be really good for us to just chat a little bit about your, uh, you know, how you, what contributed to who you are. Uh, we all know that life experiences shape the way we are. And over lunch today, I was talking to you about this thing that I use in counseling a lot. And I've been on the receiving end of this as well. And so you picture a straight line, and that represents your life. Okay, so you got that in your mind. Mm-hmm. And you go through that, that line from you know, birth being at one end on the left end and where you are now on the right end. And you sort of pick some marks of uh, key events in your life that were happy, uh, you know, really positive events or very difficult events. And so you put the happy events, the good events, on the top of the line. And then you put the difficult events on the bottom of the line, which would be the, you know, the negative part. And so if you were to do that, just kind of verbally sort of fill out that chart, uh, what would it look like? Yeah, it's interesting because I think that um, a lot of those moments that would have been at the time considered the more difficult aspects of life really became the happy moments. Um, for example, uh, moving to North Carolina in middle school, that was like a complete devastation, uh, for a seventh grader. But Mm -hmm. looking back like that was one of the most, uh, one of the most shaping moments for me because it moved me into a place where there's lots of opportunity to grow in ministry and, uh, my desire for that really blossomed and, uh, built really uh, encouraging and uh, but know, it was hard as you as you were and, going through it. It was really hard. yeah yeah. So that's why like as if I would have put that on a timeline, like you know I probably would have put that on a low low moment. Um, but looking back, it was one of the best. Moments, All right, so we so. we've been in Wisconsin. I'd been serving as a pastor in the church there for five years. Got the call to move down to North Carolina, mm-hmm. and you were in seventh grade, and we stayed in Indianapolis at your grandma and grandpa's house. You remember you and your sister Brianna coming to me late at night, the night we spent one night there, we're heading to North Carolina. What what did you say to me? Well, Brianna, Brianna came to you and said, no, Brianna looked at me and said, maybe I should just tell dad that I'm not going to move. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll just tell him that we, sh- we can't do this. <laughs> and I said, no, Brianna, that's a stupid idea. We already got our house packed up. We're moving. So I was the more And reasonable. we sold a house and we bought yeah, a new house. So I was a reasonable seventh grader and Brianna was a very emotionally driven 10th grader. So I did not want to I don't want to bring that to you. You're going through a lot. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Were you really thinking about me going through a lot? At no, that I just time? knew it wouldn't work. I was excited about it. I thought it was a stupid idea. Oh, you idea mean to to, uh, to, to approach appeal. you and say, hey, by the way, we're, yeah, we're not would, doing this. It would not have worked. No, uh, no. But she did come up to me, and it was gutting. It was uh, really, really hard. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever told you I think you it was more about was, her boyfriend. It was, yeah, in yeah, at the yeah. Time. But I was concerned about you as well. Uh, so that one, that would be one thing you'd put on the chart. And sure. So you were going through something else around that very same time. Yeah, which similarly. Added, uh, talk, talk a little bit, a little bit about that. Yeah, similarly, that would be a low moment. Is my diagnosis with cancer um, when I was in seventh grade. So. Uh, I don't know. Should I talk through that? Yeah, a little bit, yeah, or? yeah. I think I think it'd be helpful. Yeah. For us so to kind of to paint, again. A, paint a picture. Um, in seven, uh, seventh grade, I started getting really, really 
bad stomach cramps and and that ha- actually happened to be the weekend we were down in North Carolina Canada yeah and, and Brianna was with us mm-hmm. and you were alone at home what was, at that's when it started house. describe describe yeah just there. really intense like pains in my stomach couldn't couldn't keep a lot of food down was losing a lot of weight because I kept kind of throwing my food up so when we finally got it checked out spent about a week doing tests and found there was a tumor in my colon size of a tennis mm-hmm. ball so Got that removed, and then they uh, affirmed that it was cancerous. So yeah, it was about four days. We thought mm-hmm. everything was okay. The doctor <laughs> yeah. came in the room and gave us that bombshell. Yeah, know? exactly. So um, spent about three months after that going through chemotherapy. So, um, but yeah, it's funny when when I tell people that story, they kind of just they're amazed at how like hard that must have been, and you know what like turmoil you were going through, and. I don't think at the time I ever realized how big a deal it was. Um, and even looking back, I kind of see that a lot of people deal with cancer a lot harder than I did at that time. Hmm. Um, I, and I don't know. I, I think You mean that was your perception? Yeah. Right? As like, you were going through it, you compared how you felt it was compared to what Yeah, and maybe that was seeing my mom and brother go through that as well. Yeah, we'll talk about that too. I was, yeah. You know, I was getting chemo once a week and, you know, was I was sick, but... Um, you know, there's no risk of, of death or anything like that that we were aware of. So, um, but well, I think the prognosis it, was good. Yes. Right, right, exactly. So, but I also think a, a lot of my growing like came through that period. So that might be a reason why I can look back at that time and say like, wow, that was like. I mean, I look back and say that was one of the best summers of my life, even though I had cancer. And I think it's because um, just of the uh, camaraderie I felt with friends that came around me, and um, just a lot of stuff that God like uh, taught me at that time, and things he was using to grow me so while it was like again a low experience and really challenging it kind of became like one of mm-hmm. the best because you know it it was a, it kind of was a good experience yeah yeah because i grew yeah so it's much. amazing how even a child can have that that spiritual perspective in in hardship uh you remember that time right before i think it, i think it was the last sunday we were there you had been cast for a role in a play uh, that was a drama, a children's drama that was to be played in front of the whole church. Mm-hmm. And she, the director actually wrote your story of having had cancer in yeah. in that story. Which and when I look back, that's like pretty heavy to make a kid <laughs> it go was, through. It was so. pretty cruel. <laughs> Thanks, Joe Gray. <laughs> yeah, Joe Gray, thank you. <laughs> it was, no, but it was, I mean, that whole play was about really like what I was going through. Just um, my big focus at the time was Philippians 3.14. I press on towards the goal mm. to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. And I uh, just learned a lot through that experience about perseverance and um, kind of, uh, I don't know, that that uh, it those challenges grow our faith and glorify God. And um, yeah, it, it's weird all that kind yeah, of Yeah, you, you had a foundation in, in your in your life already you had you had a yeah. spiritual perspective you 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 believe some i mean already at that age you were very solid in your faith yeah. and and that helped i mean we can't undermine or or under uh underplay here the uh the the power of faith you know faith in christ and mm-hmm. you were being tested at a young age hard for us to watch and but yeah. what, what we're wanting to do here is really and i kind of look at it as you know very like childlike faith i think mm-hmm. that's oh, what like got that. me nice. through that I, when mm-hmm. i look back i think i was very innocent in a lot of ways and didn't really you know people ask me did you think you were going to die and i'm like no mm-hmm. like why would i have thought i was going to die and i think that kind of innocence uh, just allowed me to really trust that like God mm-hmm. knew what he was doing with it. And, um, you know, I think that 
has prepared me for those, you know, experiences I might have now. So Yeah, so Brianna did not talk me out of moving to North Carolina. We no. ended up down there. You started school because we were delayed moving by about three months. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. Because of my cancer. Uh, because of your cancer. Sorry. <laughs> my bad. And we had planned a trip to Disneyland, and that was postponed. That was canceled. That. Yes, yes. Remember, Brianna came to the... Okay, so when Brianna found out you had cancer, she... <laughs> we picked her up, or a friend of hers brought her to the hospital, and we had found out that day that you had cancer, and everybody was somber. A lot of people were in the room when the doctor <laughs> came in. It was like crying and yeah. wailing. It was like, I, I don't know if I can handle this. Everyone's reaction... And uh, I felt responsible for my own emotions, plus like 10 other people in the room. And when Brianna came, she actually made everyone laugh because she came up to you and said, thanks a lot, Brett. We came, yeah. we, you ruined our trip, which is planned, I think, a week or two later. Well, we got a free uh, Disney Make-A-Wish we, cruise out of it. We did, so. yeah, exactly. And your, The reward in full. Yeah, yeah, and your joke with that usually is, and you did not. I didn't even have to die for it, so... <laughs> Free cruise, no death. Uh, and you had cancer, you're allowed to make jokes like that, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, so we moved to North Carolina, and there was a large youth group there that mm-hmm. I think eventually started to uh, provide a cushion for you, a place to yeah, engage with students. And but, but going to school was a little tough, wasn't it? You had some adjustments there. Um, yeah, only, only for about a year and a half. Um, <laughs> that's all? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I grew. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were gonna say a week and a half, but no. You know, oh, oh, it was that, tough. It was tough for a year and a half. Well, I feel like a lot of people, a lot of my friends now look back at uh, middle school and high school and just talk about how miserable they were and hey. how they never had any friends. And I, I had such a good <clears throat> high school experience, but I moved there in eighth grade, and that was really hard. I think because mm-hmm. there's a lot of. You know, I just gone through cancer, and like people in my class didn't really know. And you wore a hat all the time because you were well, bald. Well, in Wisconsin, in Wisconsin, I did, but when we moved, I didn't because I kind of wanted to like reinvent myself and just be mm-hmm. like, ah, this is what I am. I'm mm. gonna own it. Oh, where's the story where the principal saw you walking? That's in Wisconsin. The... Yeah, oh, he, he he came up to me and told me to remove my hat, and then I looked at him, and once he recognized who I was, he felt terrible. <laughs> like, it's... I was like, I'm bald. <laughs> but in eighth, in eighth grade, when we moved, I remember my friend, my good friend now. Eric asked me, why are you bald? Mm. And I was like, I had cancer, dude. Mm. And he was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> so it, it was tough because there was a lot of, you know, I had such good friends in Wisconsin who knew exactly what I was going through and mm-hmm. uh, were there for me during that time and then moved straight into an area where I knew no one and no one understood what I'd been going through for the past mm-hmm. month, you know, a yeah. few months. So. Yeah. But yeah. I made some friends and grew Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You said it was a fresh start. You, you were able to kind of carve out your own your own life and did not have, I mean, people were not so familiar with the story, which let you control that story, you know, in a way. Yeah. And, um, so, uh, yeah, and we, I mean, we saw you from, from our perspective, uh, you know, we're, we're concerned. You, you had a hard time getting out of bed and going to school and eventually you had more motivation and, and you, yeah. you, you kind of milked that, didn't you? Oh Yeah. <laughs> I remember I, you I used the cancer card yeah, a lot. I did <laughs> once a week. I'd come to mom and say I'm too sick, and it's because my doctor was like, "You might still be tired," and I was like, "All right, I'm, I'm going to use Good. that." But it, I remember it got to a point where my mom said, "All right, no, you're yeah, done. You yeah, can't use that anymore." Yeah. So and you started coming to me because you knew I was. Yeah, <laughs> that was like, "Oh, that's okay." 
<laughs> but no, ninth yeah. grade, made friends, loved it. Yeah. So. Well, it, it shaped you. I mean, you are who yeah, you are totally. because of that experience. And well, one mom and I were talking this morning. We're you know this is we're having this conversation on the day that the uh, hurricane uh, Harvey is mm-hmm. hitting the Gulf Coast really hard. And and I told mom it's kind of a metaphor for what I want to talk about now. How the city spent we really days, maybe a week. Uh, pre- trying to do everything they can to protect their own people, their own families, and there's a point where you can you can only go so far putting up barriers and, and protection. And when the storms, there's a point where the storms are too great um, that everything you do to try to protect your home and your neighborhood and your city is not enough. And in some way, mom and I have felt that way. Um, you know, we, we, and every parent does. They want the best for their kids. We protect them. We don't want them to hurt. Uh, we cushion them. We try to, you know, we affirm our kids. Um, but there, as I look back, and this is what I talked to mom, your mom about this morning, is there was, for me as a dad, um, when you were just like five or six years old, it's like I, you know, the, the storms are too great. It broke through the, that, that protection that I, I had set up. And, and so we have our perspective of, um, you know, mom having cancer and, and then shortly after that. Um, and we'll be, we'll be talking about this story in, in one of the podcasts. Mm-hmm. And so if people aren't familiar with this, they'll have to just keep listening. But, um, you know, it's, it's interesting to, to hear it from your perspective or, or, you know, again, we have our perspective of what it looked like. Um, what was it like, as you look back, describe what that was like for you. Again, we, I felt like I was losing control. I felt like there's nothing I can do for my family. These storms are hitting. But in the end, we did okay. Um, and your, from your perspective, how and, and why and how, how do you view it? Yeah, um... Well, I almost, I almost say it, want to answer that with, I don't know. And I think that is kind of mm. telling because I think it kind of means that I didn't, it's not that I didn't see what was going on with you guys. Like I definitely saw like the struggles that you guys were having with it and how hard you took all that. Um, but I think that you also both just had like a good like strength through it, um, a consistent faith. And so therefore it kind of didn't, you know, trips to go to the hospital to get my chemo were really fun. You mm, know, like mm. we made a day of it and laughed a lot. And it, so you still felt safe, even I, though to I, me yeah. there was a storm hitting our family. You were five, yeah. That's six why I say old. I don't know because you guys kind of seemed like the same people that you were mm. before I was diagnosed. You know, um, and obviously. You know, Travis's story, Mom's, is a little too young for me to remember, but... Because you were four when she was Yeah, I was four when Mom was diagnosed. I was six when Travis died. Um, But, so as far as, like, my, you know, that portion goes, not not totally sure, but as far as my story goes, um, yeah, I think, I I, I tell people all the time, like, my parents just had, like, a really consistent faith through it, um, and it just gave me such a good example of how to respond, and I think that's a reason that it, it was, I was very calm, and... I was never worried and it's because I never saw you or mom extremely worried and maybe you know maybe you were like I, I mean I guess I'd hope you'd be a little bit worried um at times but oh my you, goodness, yes. you didn't allow that to conquer uh the um the the desire to persevere and the desire to keep yeah. trusting well God if you it. if we expand that metaphor of the the hurricane 
when one place gets run over, you take your family and you go where it's safe. And if that gets run over, you take your family, you go somewhere else where it's safe. And I, th- I, th- I think that's probably what we did. We, we kept... Uh... Yeah, but I didn't even feel like we were ever like running away from problems. Like I think we did a really good job of accepting mm-hmm. what was happening as being real, not just ignoring it. You know, We yeah. were very open about our feelings about things, and you guys talked to us about stuff. So I didn't feel we ever like ran away to hide somewhere else, but it's almost like you just got like a... I don't know. You built this like weird big umbrella mm-hmm. for us to be under, and you know, yeah, said like, that's so, "Yeah, that's we're, so. we're still going to talk about this stuff. Like, we're still we still know it's real, but we're going to see, we're going to count it all joy, and we're going to see the you know the eventually what's going to come of mm-hmm. this." You guys yeah. did a good job of pointing. Yeah, we hung in. We hung in together. We yeah, in together. kind of pointing yeah. out that you know once this storm is over, like there's going to be sun. Yeah, hunker down. Light, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah. I, I know. With your ministry, you work a lot with uh, youth, particularly in camps. And mm-hmm. the, the last couple of years, you've been writing and producing for these camps. These are large camps with mm-hmm. Student Life Ministries. For, you were an actor for the camps for three years? Yeah, three summers. Three summers. And you interacted a lot with kids. Mm-hmm. And I, you, some, I, I remember you told some stories of, you would call and tell us about meeting some kid who, whose parent had just died or maybe they had cancer um, what would you say to again this your perspective being so different from ours? What would you, what would you say or what have you said to a teenager that you might have talked to, whose maybe parents were either divorcing or someone had cancer or they had cancer? Yeah, well, that's a. I mean, I'll say that's a big piece of fruit that came out of my experience was I learned what it was to struggle and what it was to go through trials and have to trust, um, you know, someone outside of myself. And so I, I think that has really assisted me in my work because I'm able to relate to different types of challenges, not just cancer or just death, but, you know, people that are struggling with their parents getting divorced or family issues or kids that struggle with drugs, things like that. So um, that's why I appreciate that I'm, I'm able to, like, understand simply what a challenge is and how to relate mm-hmm. Um, what would you so, say? What yeah, would you say and, so, to and so to those kids, I think they're, you know, just uh, the biggest thing I got from it was um, like the, the suffering we're going through now, like, is definitely uh, able to be used. Um, it's able to to teach us what it means to go through trials, um, so that we can uh, talk through this stuff with other people. Um, so that's a big thing that comes from it. Um, I think that so as, really get, as we really get to, the kid to see that they the Lord can use them even right now as they're going yeah through like this. through the challenge, but also like just how we can grow in our faith. And I don't know. I feel like these are cliche answers, but um, that like I, something I it was really big for me during my cancer was realizing how many people were praying for me, mm-hmm. and I never would have seen that as something that's you know, my cancer is something that glorifies God on its own. But the fact that so many people were praying for me, those people were glorifying God. So Mm. the fact that my struggle was helping other people in their pursuit of Mm. God and helping them trust God, um, that's how God can Mm. be glorified. So whether whether or not I ever learned, whether or not like I ever, you know, got better or was able to like be brave enough to share my story and help others, the fact that other people saw my struggle and uh, it, it challenged them to trust God even more that, you know, that mm. glorified him. Mm. So our, our purpose, you know, the reason we're created is, 
um, so that we can worship God and mm-hmm. and and see Him. And so um, I and think it happens that in anything, yeah. It? So I think yeah. any any trial we go through is a is a great opportunity for God to be glorified. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think he's good to show us how that can happen, but we also um, can look for ways of, you know, not how can we glorify God, but how is God already being glorified mm-hmm. through this situation? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. There's layers. There's yeah, a lot, no, it's beautiful. A lot of it different ways. It comes things, out of but... trust and uh, it comes out of, uh, and, and hope is, you know, you, you were, you were talking about, um, you know, suffering, knowing it's not I don't, I don't know actually if you said this just now but i know we've talked about this before that we know it's not going to last forever and and we our hope is that in the end we will be completely set free of yeah of every every pain and hardship and mm-hmm. and as we're going through hardship now that's the opportunity to to grab on to hope i mean that's when mm-hmm. faith really matters yeah exactly and yeah, I, this, it, this first life is not like to be easy you yeah, know our life on yeah, earth is not yeah to be fun and just to, you know, walk through really fields darn of flowers. It, <laughs> yeah, but like, um, but it, you know, it's it's all. That's why I think as Christians we can deal with challenges uh, with more joy because we know that this is um, this is just temporary. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even that can give us a little bit of hope as yeah, well. Yeah, I like that. Well, you were talking about. I don't think it's a cliche when you're actually when you're one who's gone through it. I think someone who's suffered, whatever sure. they say, is not a cliche. I guess not. <laughs> it's people. It's people who maybe have not experienced it that say things. Yeah. That's a cliche. So, I mean, someone who's gone through something really hard, whatever they say, I'm I'm going to listen listen to them. So, well, good. Um, so right now you are you love what you do, and you've been doing this for for about two years now. Um, how, how do you, how do you see God continue to work in your life? And as you look ahead, I know you've, you're, you're in a journey. You don't know what's fully ahead for you, but how do you want to be used? Mm-mm. What's your burden? What's your passion? I think my biggest passion is, uh, I find is developing people, um, and, uh, just investing in people through relationships. So that's what I love about my job now. I do a lot of writing and a lot of, behind the scenes producing, but the most fired up I get is when I get to direct actors and work one-on-one with, with people, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and in my job right now, it's cool cause it's growing them spiritually, like doing some discipleship and then also on stage growing them in their ability and just their, um, their craft. So I, I think that's what I really, uh, I, I, you know, like I said, I think God's given me a gift, um, for connecting with people and a big part of that is from having you know Mm -hmm. going through trials and understanding um what other people go through so i want to continue using that uh big passion i have just to um i don't know understand people grow in relationships and push them towards being really excellent in their craft and also just pursuing god in their faith and for me it's it's not necessarily in a ministry setting i would love to do that in a more uh, secular setting as well and um, you know through through being really excellent in the work that I do um, growing respect from people and then you know trusting the the faith-based things I have to say as well so the gospel is driving you and mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean it needs to be in vocational ministry but that gospel can drive you maybe even to and, and this might speak to someone who's kind of wondering what to do with their life that, yeah. that if you're driven by the gospel uh, you're suggesting excel wherever you are with the skills and gifts God's given yeah, you. Yeah, like if Christ is like, you know, if Christ is behind the purpose of everything that you do mm-hmm. and 
hopefully every move that you make, um, the, the big choices you take and the big steps you take, you know, should, should be God honoring. Um, and, and so I think, you know, for me working in a theater setting or something like that, you know, as long as the gospel is my foundation for being there, Mm -hmm. um, it'll be the focus of what I pour out as well. So, yeah. I love it. All right, Brad, let's close with this. Um, Go back to that chart with the highs and the lows and sort of marking the moments that were were most, you know, impactful in your life. As you look back over all of that, all all the ups and the highs and the lows and sort of identifying the key moments in your life, as you look back over all of that, um, how, how different is your faith and your belief in Jesus, your understanding of him, uh, different than it might have been. I know it's hard to speculate this, yeah. but it might have been had you not experienced the kind of life that you've experienced. Mm. Great yeah. question, isn't it, Brett? <laughs> it is. It's hard. You're probably saying, "Wow, Dad, that was awesome." Yeah, you're the best. <laughs> I know that's. I know that's you're why you're speechless dad. right now. You're yeah, distracted by the profundity of, of my question. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's really hard. Like you said, I. I mean, it's tough to know, but I think it. I think it just grew me up quickly. Um, it, I think it taught me how to how to persevere from an early age, hmm. and I think something that I've seen, you know, in people around me that haven't gone through something so quick is that that learning comes, but it, it comes later. Um, and and so I think I'm, I think I'm thankful that. Um, you know, I, I think I, I don't know, obviously I believe that I would, I would have the same faith and I would, you know, be fine Jesus, of course, but I think it, uh, it just tested me early on rather than making me have to wait till I'm older. Um, and it really gave me kind of like you said earlier, just a good foundation to go on. So as, you know, storms have continued coming in my life, I'm, I'm a lot more prepared, um, yeah, I love and I've, been, I've been able to be prepared mm-hmm. for a long yeah. time. Not, you know, not that I can't still, you know, just have difficult things I don't know how to deal with, but, um, there are, there's many things that I was able to figure out mm-hmm. earlier yeah. than you might have. Yeah. I, I love it because you, you were, I mean, picture this, you're a junior high mm-hmm. and then you, but, but with that, you brought a story with you of seeing your mom going through cancer yeah. The recovery from that, plus your your brother dying of cancer, and you bring that story, and 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 now you have your own story, and you're developing emotionally, physically, and and now you're you're suffering more than any kid should ever have to suffer, mm-hmm. and it forced uh, again. I've used this term before, probably in one one of the other podcasts, but there's an enlarging of the soul that takes place. There's there's a so if you're 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 maturing physically, you're maturing uh, emotionally, and suffering is forcing you to to mature emotionally, and all mm-hmm. that happening at the same time, I think brings about a depth of faith that uh, maybe most kids don't have. Yeah. And I, the takeaway here, the encouragement to people that are going to be hearing this story, is that if they're in a family and there's a lot of pain, a lot of crisis, you know, from my ministry, I work with a lot of families that are in crisis. Is um, is maybe begin to look at how God is shaping and 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 planting His uh, His seed of faith or His approval or, or or a depth in their lives 
and, and not fight it, but maybe in some way allow what's going on and let God work in, in that situation. So yeah. hopefully hopefully people will be encouraged to view their own suffering differently yeah, totally. because of they hear of this. Yeah, there's so. just good that comes. And I'll add, because this is a ministry podcast, I, I really think that is what begun my desire for ministry because it allowed mm. me to be prepared when I was a ninth grader in high school to, you know, start taking ministry responsibilities on, on my, on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really fell in love with ministry in high school when I led the, the, uh, the children's drama ministry at the mm-hmm. church that you guys gave me. Um, and I wouldn't have been prepared for that yeah. if I would not have, you know, learned how to relate to people yeah. through suffering. Yeah, we just so. look back in awe at uh, what God yeah. was doing yeah, with you. It was amazing. It's wonderful. It's yeah, wonderful. so a lot of that stuff, it just prepares you on yeah. with how to help others, too. Yeah. Well, it's been great, Brett. We, uh, we're proud of you. We love you. Thanks, Dad. Thank you for letting proud us. Proud of you, too. <laughs> <laughs> and you should be. All right. Thank you, buddy. Bye. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much for listening to the Before You Quit podcast and this uh, awesome opportunity I had to sit down with my son, Brett. Hey, if you have any questions of me or of Brett or anything that you want to share about uh, what we've talked about today, you want to talk to me, you want to talk to him, uh, you can email me at mitch at beforeyouquit.us, mitch at beforeyouquit.us. And we'd love to interact with you. If you want to check out our website, it's www.beforeyouquit.us. And you can check us out on Facebook as well. And it remind you, too, that that website has uh, other podcasts. So we've got probably about eight or nine podcasts already up. Uh, getting great response from the podcast. Um, you know, I'm kind of new to this. And uh, I've surpassed my goal of having two listeners. We... Uh, actually are averaging over 100, 150 for each podcast. Uh, some of the more popular ones, like the interview with my sister, we had probably four or 500 downloads for that one. So I'm, I'm encouraged with this, and you can help by passing this on to people. If you're touched by this, if you're affected by this, if you like what you're hearing, share it on Facebook. If that's the way you're seeing it, just share it with your friends on Facebook and uh, love for you to talk to your pastor about this, your elders. Uh, get the word out about before you quit. Uh, have people read the blogs. A lot of the blogs that I write are sort of accompanying the podcast, not necessarily at the same time, but uh, they the topics do kind of weave back and forth together. So until next week, stay encouraged and be courageous because serving Jesus is worth all that hard stuff that comes with it. And remember what we're told in 1 Corinthians 15, 57 through 58, but thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So until next time, stay encouraged.